How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Decisions Podcast. I am your host, as always, Bailey Short. And joining me this week is actually nobody. Uh, it's just me today. Andrew is in the process of moving. And so his internet is not up to uh, great standards. So instead of having a robotic Andrew, all episodes, you're just going to get a full episode of my sweet, buttery, silky, smooth voice to keep you company. So I know we're all looking forward to that. Um, anyway, the episode that we're going to be doing this week and that I'm going to be talking to you guys about is actually an episode that I've been wanting to do um, pretty much since we started the, the podcast 10 weeks ago. And it's something that I think is super helpful to any Dynasty owner uh, somebody that's been playing it for a little while, somebody that's brand new this season. And I think it's one of the more challenging components of, of dynasty football. And what that is, is timing your contention window and basically actually winning your dynasty league and making plans to win your dynasty league consistently. So before I get into that, one thing I will say, winning in dynasty fantasy football is tough. It's a lot like winning the Super Bowl in the actual NFL. I think that's why I enjoy the format because planning your team out to stay competitive because we always want to be competitive, right? Is is difficult and it takes a lot of time and thought. Uh, I'm in eight different dynasty leagues as of this season right now. I'll probably add one or two to that uh, going into next season, I think, which I know might seem crazy, but I enjoy uh, having a few different leagues. And you know, I have some leagues that I am not contending at all this year. I have some leagues that I am contending in this year. And I have some leagues that I could kind of go either way, depending on how my how my season goes, what happens to other teams, so on and so forth. So, you know, it's fun to have both. And it's a very different game you're playing, uh, depending on what you're doing. And so there's some steps that you can take as an owner to put yourself in a better position, whether you're contending or rebuilding. And so this episode, instead of just kind of going through player names like we do a lot of the time, we're going to be talking more dynasty strategy, which I really enjoy talking about. I think it's something that kind of gets overlooked sometimes in the podcast uh, space and, and in the Twitter space is, you know, we always just talk about the buy lows, the sell highs, the value, the players, the stats, all that's great. And we always need to talk about that, but it's kind of fun to talk about some overarching strategy and, and some more general stuff. So that's what this episode is going to be about. So I'm going to go through some bullet points and I'm also going to give you guys some real life examples of some moves I've made in some of my leagues, either contending or rebuilding or, you know, maybe contending next year. And I've got like a one year window thing that I'm doing that will uh, show you some examples of what you can do with your teams as well. So the first thing we're going to talk about, which is the the beginning step of of figuring out your contention window or when you can win will be valuating your team and your league and making a roadmap is what I call it. So basically what that is, is it starts with a self-assessment of your roster, looking at your team and asking yourself, do I have what it takes to make a run at the championship, right? So a few things that I'm looking for when I'm looking at my uh, dynasty team is, first of all, do I have the week in and week out studs on my roster that I can slot in and start um, each week? I know they've got a good floor of points. They've got a high ceiling, 
um, or, you know, they've just got, they're going to put up good points for me each week. I trust them. I have faith in them. They're kind of matchup proof, uh, more or less. And I'm putting them in there each week. Some examples of that are obviously all the big boys, um, you know, the top 10 RBs, top 12 RB, RB1 guys. You're starting them every week. They're playing, you know, those big wide receivers, uh, the Michael Thomases, the, the you know, the Devontae Adams, the Galladay's, all that stuff. You know, those are your guys that, okay, I, I'm putting them in and, and I'm playing them. They're your studs. You need studs. Then the second thing you're going to be really looking for when you're looking at your own team is your depth. Do you have guys on your bench and do you have guys that are, uh, you know, in your flex spots and stuff like that, that you can put into that starting lineup if a guy goes down. For instance, I got Robert Woods and one of my in my wide receiver too. You know, do I have guys that can step up to the plate that I can slot in there uh, and, and you know and get it done uh, each week? You know, like a Tyler Lockett. Do I have Tyler Lockett ready to go? You know that I can slot into that to that position and still get production. So you're looking for depth. You're looking for studs. You need both. Um, and then the other thing you're really going to look at is evaluating your league. So what I mean by that is doing the same thing you're doing with your team to other teams in the league and seeing, okay, who are the players in this league for this year if I'm trying to contend this year? Who are the players for next year? Do I have some guys that are going to be contending this year but and they've got a strong team, but they're probably going to start running out of gas next year? A guy that's relying on Drew Brees, for instance, as his QB1 or something like that. You know, looking for these guys that are playing older guys that might not be around much longer. Um, and, you know, if they sold out, they don't really have the ammunition to reload. That could influence your decision, too. I mean, obviously, going what goes into winning a fantasy championship is there's so many things. I mean, you know, you have to have the studs. You have to have the depth. Then injuries happen. Then there's always just luck involved. It, it, does your guy pop off? Do you have just, I mean, you know, look at Julio Jones this year, who was a great contender piece, and he's really been uh, a disappointment, more or less, with the injuries and stuff like that. He's had one good game, and then he's just been struggling for the whole beginning of the season. That could change, and all of a sudden he pops off and, and goes nuclear and is the Julio Jones uh, we all know. But these are things that just go into winning or losing your championship. And so there's so many things, but looking at other teams and kind of hedging yourself against them is a smart thing to do to get an idea of where you stand. So once you've done that, once you've looked at your team and you've looked at the other teams, you've looked at the depth, you've looked at um, the studs, you want to make a roadmap for yourself. So this is to me the most important part of your dynasty team. And, and really to me, I always tell my buddies, I'd rather have a plan than like, no, I'm going to win this year, right? If I have a plan, then I at least feel good about what I'm doing. And when when I approach each one of my dynasty rosters, I really look at the roster overall, everything from you know starting lineup to taxi squad, IR, bench, everything, and I ask myself, okay, where are some holes that I can address? What needs to be improved upon, right? And so that's the first thing I do is I go in and I start looking at what can I improve? Where's my strengths? Where's my weaknesses? What do I have to change that? And so this is another important part of having a contending window is what's your ammunition? Do you have good pieces to move to make that push to contend? Or do you have good pieces to move to a contender as a rebuilding team 
to acquire some excellent young rookie talent or just young talent that hasn't yet come into its own and and sit on it and let it develop. So really start looking at that and start making a plan for yourself. I, I, I So like I was saying, in my eight leagues, I had one league this year that I couldn't really decide what to do with it for the first few weeks. And honestly, that was the most frustrating thing one of the more frustrating things I've experienced in Dynasty Fantasy Football is is not having a plan of action and a clear route to follow for that team just because I felt like they were kind of on the fence. They could contend if some things fell the right way, but it took some rookies kind of hitting, which had I, I was relying on DeAndre Swift kind of kicking off, which he still could, but he hadn't he has not done at this point. You know, some stuff like that. Uh, I was I had Jerry Judy on that on that team as well. So there were some there were some rookies that had a good opportunity to be a important component of my starting roster. But you still are just looking at that and you're kind of eh. so you know I'm looking for I, I ended up actually making a trade for Christian McCaffrey in that league. So that kind of changes the outlook for me as far as what I'm doing now. Um, however. It's the same thing, right? I wanted a plan. I need to know. Okay, so with getting Christian McCaffrey with that high ankle sprain, because we don't know how he's going to come back this year, that kind of puts me in a, okay, I feel really good about my chances next season. This season, quite possibly could be a, a contending team, but next season I feel really good. So that's where, you know, I kind of at least got a direction out of a trade and, and now I have a plan, and I feel way better about that team once I've got that roadmap. So find a, a get a roadmap for your team and get a goal and then start working towards it. So getting the ammunition and, and then making moves to meet that goal that you've set is really important as far as timing your contention window. So we've evaluated our team, we've evaluated our league, we've made a roadmap for ourselves, okay? The next thing we need to do is talk about moving pieces to either to to match up with your roadmap right moving pieces to either rebuild or contend so the next thing we do when we're evaluating our roster and the league is first of all with your roster you're looking at pieces that you don't mind moving you're looking at expendable pieces for you now something i see a lot of dynasty owners kind of make the mistake of doing and they get frustrated is they make their expendable pieces are pieces that every single owner is expendable to okay like putting up uh Hakeem Butler or Keyshawn Johnson on the block is like okay like nobody's that interested in that guy right so you need to put attractive names up it, it, I'm when I mean expendable obviously you're gonna have your like roster cloggers as well and sometimes those guys can get off you can work those guys into a deal and end up finding an owner for them but don't bank on selling guys that are borderline waiver pickups for for real value. It does happen, and it absolutely does happen, and, and you should always look for an opportunity to do such because obviously that's a win. But look for pieces that to you are expendable. And what I mean by that is really look into your roster and ask yourself, okay, what are some alluring pieces I have that I don't mind parting with? For instance, I had a share of uh, Debo Samuel on a contending team that I'm running, and I also had a share of Antonio Gibson. Both are attractive pieces right now. I made a deal 
uh, this last week where I traded away Debo Samuel and Antonio Gibson for Keenan Allen, which I find is a great win now piece. Uh, the owner was 0-4. He was frustrated with his team, and I went in and grabbed Keenan Allen because I think he's a huge upgrade as far as the floor goes with the targets he's been seeing uh, lately with Herbert under center, and it sounds like that's going to be the trend going forward. I mean, he had 19 in week three and 11 in week four, so that's what kind of sprung me to move. And I also got Cam Akers in a and a third as the kicker on that, which is an ideal trade. It's a contending team. I lose Antonio Gibson, which might have more relevance than Cam Akers this year uh, if Cam Akers doesn't break out. However, Keenan Allen getting that kind of makes up for that, and then Cam Akers gives me a little kick in piece that could end up being big time down the road. And of course the third rounder is just some extra ammo um, if I need it. So a trade like that, I love to make because I've just exchanged uh, Debo, which probably will not get anywhere near the floor that Keenan has this year. And Keenan just signed that four year deal. And then you get Cam Akers as to maintain that balance going forward. So Debo and Antonio Gibson were super attractive pieces, guys that I was hesitant to move on from. However, that's what gets the deal done, right? I I have Royce Freeman on that squad. I'm not going to trade Royce Freeman for those players, okay? Um, You can't just throw up trash and expect people to come in. Every once in a while it does happen, but but when you're looking at ammo, find expendable pieces to you, not just necessarily expendable pieces to the league. So that's the first thing you want to do is figure out on your roster what's expendable. The next thing you want to do is go look at other teams and figure out what are targets you might want to acquire. Now, this has a lot to do with your plan. If you're rebuilding, you're looking for younger guys that are underperforming right now that you can stock up on. A guy that's kind of up and down that uh, me and Andrew co-own a team we made a deal for the other night um, is Michael Gallup. Uh, he's a young player. He's kind of been up and down this year, had some good games, and had some uh, – well, he's had one real good game. The other other three games have been a little lackluster, but he's got Lamb and Amari Cooper there, so it's kind of a crowded receiver core, but we're seeing that Dak can support multiple uh, high-end fantasy targets. And so we spent two late second-rounders on Michael Gallup, which to me is all day long. You're not going to get a player that's on a supercharged offense of the caliber of talent that Michael Gallup is that late in the second. We had three seconds in that league. We're rebuilding. And so I went ahead and just threw the two seconds at Gallup, picked him up, and now I've got another good young wide receiver that hasn't really hit right now this year ready to go. So those are the kind of, uh, you know, those are the kind of um, trades that, you, that you're looking to do, right? Um, so anyway, that, that's just part of it. And then so what you're wanting to do is look for players that match up with your, like I talked about that Keenan Allen trade. Look for players on other rosters that meet your roadmap. Look for players as a contender that can help you right now, and they don't necessarily have to be super old, but just players that help you right now. I, ideally, they're not super old, so you get a little bit more out of them, but, you know, sometimes there's, excuse me, AJ Greens and T.Y. Hiltons and stuff, uh, you can grab them, but, you know, look for those guys. Ideally, that, you know, like the Allen Robinson's a great contending piece, stuff like Keenan Allen, stuff like that. Um, so look for that. Then, The other thing you want to do in a league where you're assessing yourself, you're assessing the league, look and see if you're a rebuilding team, who are the contenders? If you're a contending team, who are the rebuilders? So I love doing this, and that is finding those guys that 
if I'm on one end of the spectrum, they're on the other, because there's a lot of trade incentive between you two. All right, you can pick up players from a guy that's like, I'm rebuilding, I need draft capital. Okay, I'll send you my second as a contender, which is going to be a late second for a viable piece that's going to produce for me this year and help me win. Those are trades I'll do all day long, and they're super easy to do because it's a very mutually beneficial uh, situation for these guys. You know, they're looking to get out of any of their talent that's not young and acquire either young talent or draft picks, and you're looking to maximize playable and startable depth as a contender. So these are deals that I'm always looking and identifying the guy that's either contending or rebuilding if and, and whatever I'm opposite of um, in each league and kind of say, okay, what are some targets on this guy's roster? Because he's really likely to move. If you're rebuilding and you go to another rebuilding guy's offer or roster and try to make an offer, Sometimes you can get something done, but you're always going to have to pay a little bit more than if you can find a motivated seller. Again, a contending team that has some injuries and really needs to make a move to maintain that contending roster. Those are great moves. You can kind of, as a rebuilding or yeah, as a rebuilding team, you can go in, give him some veterans for some of his younger talent. He normally wouldn't give that up, but if it means winning the championship, a lot of times people will do it, and you can get in there and get some nice young talent so these are things to think about looking at the league looking at yourself identifying the targets and then moving for pieces so those are all uh you know that's all part of it and then the next thing is is really looking at what's your window right now things change a lot in the league um there's always going to be a you know shifting because trades happen Players get or owners get stronger or weaker based off these trades. Players come and go, you know, rise and fall, all that good stuff. And it changes who might be contending in your league. But timing your window is important. So, excuse me, for instance, in that league I mentioned I'm contending next year with, uh, with Christian McCaffrey, I just added. If I have some roster, uh, if I've rostered some players that aren't, producing like I'd want them to this season, but I have confidence next season they will. That's totally good with me and actually ideal. I might win this year. It's I'll, I might make it to the playoffs now and make a, a run in there. But if I don't, I'm totally okay because I'm building that roster like I have Swift. I'm going to hold Swift and, and let him develop into what I think he can be, and then he'll be an important roster component. I'm looking for players like that. So, that look at your window. You know, you can be a contending team, but you might not be contending like hardcore this season. You could also be in a hard rebuild. I have a uh, squad that I'm I've completely torn it down and I I picked up DK Metcalf uh, at preseason. I actually just traded DK Metcalf for Chris Godwin. The reason why I did that is I like the volume on Chris Godwin a lot more than than DK Metcalf with four receptions a game, the point to- point totals he's scoring is uh, not sustainable with that target share. He's going to have to get more receptions or he's going to uh, – he's, he's just not it's, – it's unlikely he's sustained. But in that league, I've made moves for Swift. I've made moves for Akers. I've got T. Higgins. I've got um, – I'm, I'm looking at some other targets right now to pick up some other underperformers. But basically going into next year, I'll have Swift, 
Akers. I've got two firsts to play with. I've got Godwin, DJ Moore, T. Higgins for wide receiver. I've got Hawkinson in at tight end. I've got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Justin Herbert for Superflex quarterback. So I've got a great young core, and I'm just kind of rebuilding in there. I'm getting and I and I've sold some big players in that in that league. I I forget who I started with in that league. I'd have to look, but um, I've I've made some moves to get uh, you know to get to where I'm at. But that's always something you have to do. A lot of times as a rebuilding team, your goal is acquiring value and not necessarily acquiring um, pieces to win right now. You're acquiring value. Um, One of my buddies that's in a league with me, I've been kind of, he's new to Dynasty and I've been kind of giving him some um, pointers as far as doing his his rebuild. And, And what I've been preaching to him is you're playing a different game than all these guys that are trying to win each week. You don't really care if you win week to week, right? Obviously, we, we always would like to win if possible. But if you lose a week, it's not that big of a deal. What you're looking to do is capitalize on value. Find players that you can acquire right now that are in a lull for players that you have that might be in a peak or older players that you don't really need are picks, same thing, and go and grab those and maintain movement. And and keep on acquiring value, and then you have ammunition to do something. Like You can turn a rebuild around a lot quicker than you think by making moves. Something that's really important that I will just tell anybody that listens to this episode. If you're in a rebuild and you believe that you need to you know, go a year, one of the biggest mistakes you can do is just sitting on like, okay, you got your pick, your first, your second, your third, whatever, and you're rebuilding roster and you make a move or two and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. If it's really a full rebuild, and trust me, I'm I'm in the process of some full rebuilds. It's not a one or two move game. You're going to be dealing all season as you should be. You need to be on top of your game. You need to be on top of the league. You need to be seeing what's going on and continuing to acquire value throughout the season. What this does for you is instead of turning your two or three year rebuild, and I'm talking about two or three years till you're even thinking about trying to make a winning push into a one, okay? That's a big difference, right? I like to win. I'm competitive. We all are. We want to win. We don't play fantasy football to lose. However, if you have a team that's struggling and you have a team that's not doing it right, you need to be proactive. You can't just sit there on your picks and and on your team and be like, okay, this will be good later. No, always look for improvement. There's there's no reason to just sit and and hang out and 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 think you're just gonna get better next year because you've made one or two moves. I'm always looking to make moves. Same thing as a contender, right? Um, I have a contending roster that I went into the season with Cortland Sutton as my wide receiver two. Actually, as my I had him as my wide receiver one in that in that. Um, I had him, Deontay Johnson, some other, Tyler Lockett, and I have completely revamped my wide receiver core because of injuries. Cortland Sutton went down, and I kind of immediately realized that I was going to need to get some more consistent wide receiver play at the position. I went out and acquired Allen Robinson. I actually traded away Todd Gurley, which would be a contending piece, but I got Odell Beckham and uh, T. Higgins back in in uh 
in return, and it was just too good of an offer to pass up because Odell Beckham gives me some ammo at receiver. I was pretty stacked at running back. Um, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry in a league. You can only start three running backs at a time, so I feel good there. And it allowed me to kind of stack my receiver core. It's a three-receiver league, so it, it felt right to me. And now I've got a lot of quality receivers I can I can slot in there. And so these are moves you're looking to make all the time. I, so the example I'm drawing you with you, rather than that one trade, is this. I've probably made five moves in that league since the week, in five weeks. I've legitimately made about five trades in five weeks on a contending team that when I went into the year, I didn't think I was going to need to make many changes at all. Oh, for instance, I had Blake Jarwin. Obviously, he went down week one with a uh, Achilles injury. Then I had C.J. Uzuma. He went down. So those were my two starting um, tight ends. I went and got Mo Ali cox I went and got Mike Giusecki. Um, I had to trade for tight ends multiple times, which I wasn't expecting to do, but that was a hole in my roster, and I lost two tight ends for the season in the first two weeks. So five weeks, five trades on a contending team that I didn't think I was going to change the roster hardly at all, and here I am. But what it was is I was proactive. I was assessing myself. I knew I was in trouble there, and I was making moves to alleviate that um, throughout the weeks, and that's what you have to do. You have to constantly be on it. So... Another thing I want to talk about in in regards to making moves for your dynasty squad is going all in. So when you're talking about going all in, it's a risky business, right? Um, anytime you make a push for a championship run, I try not to go into like a one-year, one-and-done deal, okay? That's extremely risky. Uh, like we were talking about, if you have a star go down for you, a, a Christian McCaffrey, a Michael Thomas with these high ankle sprains or something like that, and your roster is kind of like, I'm going for the win this year right now, that can be really um, a an issue if, if you don't win. And then all of a sudden you've used your ammo on these one-year pieces and you're sitting there looking at it like, oh God, what do I do? I don't have anything to reload. So when you're going all in, it's it's a you really want to kind of temper your your odds, right? Hedge yourself. So grab pieces for sure. If somebody's willing to throw out a T.Y. Hilton because the, he's underperformed and he's old, if somebody's willing to throw out you know guys like a Jamison Crowder, an older guy that um, you know is on a bad offense but is producing, by all means, go and grab especially Jameson Crowder because he's only 27. But, you know, go get those guys and put them in your roster, but don't spend too much acquiring. We don't have to break the bank to pick up these guys. A Marvin Jones is another good, still strong for contender option that's underperformed lately, 30 years old. Uh, You can buy him for extremely cheap right now. And uh, I would be snapping him up as a contender anywhere because you could probably get him for like a third round pick, especially if the team's rebuilding, doesn't see themselves winning. So I'm fine with throwing a third round pick for a 30 year old wide receiver that's, you know, usually going to get around 10 points or more for me uh, as Marvin Jones can and has shown to do many times. So those are those are grabs I'm making. But basically, don't just send like don't don't over don't overload, you know, dynasty a lot of times is about, you know, temper yourself, temper your moves, don't overreact, don't react emotionally to anything, and just do what makes sense value-wise, and you'll maintain value on your team. 
And so when you're rebuilding in the same sense, don't sell something for nothing. Like, you know, I'm not selling a first round startup guy for anything less than like, I want rookie picks, obviously, but I also want a absolute proven young commodity. I'm not just selling, you know, a, a, a top tier guy for just rookie picks. Even if I know it's like a high level rookie pick, because you are then relying on picking in the first round and making sure you pick properly to get those guys to equal the value. And that's a risky proposition. I mean, we can all do that. And, and, and if you have faith in the draft class and if you have faith in yourself, that's fine. But you are adding risk to your situation by doing that. And a lot of times when you're talking about trading these first-round startup guys, it's pretty easy to at least get a player in the in the deal that's at least proven to some extent to kind of minimize that risk. So when we're talking about going all in, it goes both ways. When you're contending, don't sell the farm for guys that aren't going to be in the league much longer or are on the decline. By all means, pick some of those guys up if they still have value, but don't go all in. And same thing on the rebuild. Just because you start the league like 0-4 or something, don't go sell your best player for rookie picks, and now you're just sitting on rookie picks. It's nice to have first-round picks for sure, but you can get more for that. A lot of the times, you can get more. And something I will just take the time to say if you're when you're doing this, shop around. You know, if you like a deal that there's obviously if you have targets, you have targets. But when you're talking about selling a top-level guy. Shop around, see who's willing to pay, see what they're willing to pay. Um, you know, and it kind of depends on your league too. And I want to do a, another episode on like league economy, basically, and assessing your league in the sense of are people willing to pay? I have some leagues where guys will throw big dick offers to say, uh, to put it bluntly, um, on the table all the time, and and it's big moves, okay. And I, you know, there's nothing better than watching that go down and and seeing some blockbuster trades. And I have other leagues that um, are pretty tame and you don't see those big deals a lot of the time. A lot of guys like their rosters. They don't want to move their big pieces. And so moving a big name is tough because people are just hesitant to move, you know, big names and and, and high-level talent. So you kind of have to assess your league and and be realistic and be like, okay, look, you know, am I ever going to really move this Kyler Murray? Not that you would want to, but would you ever get a decent return? And and those are things to to think about. And so um, a lot of timing your contention window is getting involved with your team, getting involved with your league, talking to other owners, figuring out where they're at on that spectrum and constantly kind of being in people's ear. Um, I've, I, I think in this week, I've got a lot of deals done in my leagues. I, I've, I think I've done about 10 trades in these last few days and it's been just purely me just kind of being active, talking to owners and every, it's fun when you're in dynasty, when you get into the season, especially on a startup, you know, everything's slow to move off a of startup. People are more hesitant to trade. But when you get into the season, stuff starts moving. Guys get frustrated with their roster. Guys fall in love with their roster. They want to push to contend. They want to push to rebuild, so on and so forth. And that's when movement starts happening. And you need to be ready 
as an owner to capitalize on players moving their valuations of their teams around and you're in there ready to facilitate that with your ammunition and picking up value for whatever it is you're trying to do. I'm telling you right now, as a dynasty owner, if you take the time to assess your team, to build a roadmap, and then execute according to that roadmap, you're going to have success. You're going to build a good team. And you maintain that goal in mind, you're going to build into a, a contending team, whether it's in a year, whether it's in two years, or whether it's right now. Um, just following that map and following that plan is going to be the way to go. So that's pretty much all I have to say about the topic. Uh, I could go on with this stuff for a long time, but I'm trying to keep it around that 30-minute mark. Um, if you have any questions about this kind of thing, feel free to hit us up. Um, I'm on the the Twitter for the show. It's at Dynasty Decision. Uh, no plural there on Twitter. Um, we're also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I know most of you guys are getting us on Spotify. If you are getting us on Apple Podcasts, drop a five-star review. It would be much appreciated. And let us know what you thought about this episode. Um, I like doing these kind of strategy um, guide type podcasts. I, I also like talking about individual players. But to me, it's kind of a fun break to just talk about like more general stuff. Because this is the kind of thing that... You know, it's nice to have a list of names to know who to buy and who to sell, right? These that's that's good. But I think the key to being a successful dynasty owner is learning how to form your opinion of these players on your own. And I actually was going to do this episode, it was gonna be time your contention window and learning how to evaluate players on your own, but it's too much information, so it's that's gonna be an episode we do at another time. Um, and I'm really excited about that one too, because I think those are philosophies you have to build as a dynasty owner to really achieve like being, uh, upper tier being, being above the average dynasty owner is learning how to do these things. That's going to put you way, way more ahead. I look at some leagues, um, that I'm in and I can see some owners that don't have a plan of action for their roster and don't know how to do that and they're kind of blowing in the wind. Those are owners that you can 100% really prey on, uh, for lack of a better word, and take advantage of because they're just kind of floating around. They have no discipline. These are guys that I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in and grab. Anytime you have players that underperform for a few weeks that I like, I'm going to get them. And anytime you have guys that, you know, that I have guys that are, it's more dynamic than that. But you understand where I'm coming from. Because I have a plan that I'm sticking to, that I've set for myself, I have a goal. This guy is just kind of doing whatever happens. And that that allows you to take advantage of that situation. So so that's just the kind of thing. I, I really think this is important for new and experienced dynasty owners to learn if you haven't yet. It allows you to start evaluating your players yourself and building kind of a foundation for you to really act as a dynasty owner on your own. I know when I started dynasty, a lot of my friends, when they started dynasty, I'm seeing it too. Um, you have a hard time. You're, you're not confident and, and it's hard to be, you don't want to mess up. You don't want to make a mistake and you're constantly asking friends or looking at calculators and reading websites to give you insight and you should always do that i do that const 
excuse me, I do that constantly. I'm, I'm on the computer, I'm on the phone all the time reading articles. Um, I still use calculators from time to time to kind of really to kind of gauge offers that I'm sending to make sure they're reasonably fair and, and the player, the owner I'm, I'm talking to will perceive it as fair. So I'm using them for that. But I, I know the value of a player when I want to go get them. I know why I want them and how they fit my roster. And that gives me the confidence to make the move on my own. But that took time to develop. You don't just get that uh, overnight. You have to really work at it. And it's, it's a skill and it's, a, it's an asset that as a dynasty owner, once you get there, it really helps you be a lot more decisive and, and a lot a lot more effective as a dynasty owner. So, But that's all I got for my long rant on that. That was a lot of talking for 36 minutes straight. So my throat is pretty dry. Um, I actually tried to do this a little bit uh, earlier in the day, and I, I couldn't do it. I had to go drink a bunch of water and like hydrate myself for this. So um, I appreciate it to all you guys that stuck around and listened. Like I said, follow us on Twitter, at Dynasty Decision. Ask us your questions about trades. I love talking deals. I know I got some guys that have been hitting me up and talking to me about deals and trades, and I'm always here to give you an opinion. Even if I'm in the league, um, I don't mind giving you, you know, at least some uh some i'll give you an opinion if you ask for it and that's pretty much where it ends if you're not in the league obviously i'll give you as much as you want so uh take advantage of that hit us up on twitter find us on spotify and apple Podcasts, and we will see you guys next week good luck tomorrow <laughs>